We're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you catch the kids out. This is Sports Crunch with DCROM. I'm your host, David Cromolo, and welcome to part three of our special Beyond the Chap series with the 2022 Denver Broncos cheerleaders. In part two, we introduced you to Alexandria, a good friend of mine, a fourth-year veteran and full-time nurse practitioner who is a true cheerleader, not just on the field, but in everything she does. And our special guest today is no different. My good friend Sophia just began her second season as a Denver Broncos cheerleader. She is a recent graduate of Colorado State University, where she was on the cheer and dance teams. And when she's not cheering for the Broncos on the sidelines or representing the organization in the community, she works full-time cheering on our most important assets, our kids, as a kindergarten teacher. Above all, she truly is the most radiant of souls that brings sorely needed positivity to everyone she encounters and is extraordinarily wise beyond her years. Sophia, my friend, it is the greatest honor and highest pleasure to have you with us. How are you? I am good. Oh my gosh, you're so nice. You really do know how to boost us all up and we appreciate you for that. I'm so excited to be here and be a part of this series. I've got some big shoes to fill going after McKenna and Alexandria. I'm ready. It may be true, but all 26 of you are equally as special in your own unique way. And that's what makes the Denver Broncos cheerleaders such a wonderful, wonderful enterprise. And uh, it is so wonderful to have you on just as much as it was to have them on as well. And uh, let's uh, get down to business. And it's been just over one year and one month since you became a DBC. And the moment you made the team was one of historical significance for the DBC and for the Broncos organization alike. Explain why that was so. Yes. So my mom was a Denver Broncos cheerleader for six seasons. So I am the first, second generation Denver Broncos cheerleader. So it's super special. I mean, it means the world to me. It's always been something that I've wanted to do. And it's even more special because I was able to watch her in her time as a cheerleader because she made the team after I was born. So I was able to really be on the field with her even as a JDBC. So it really meant a lot. And it means a lot now that I'm able to impact young girls, young kids, just as she did. And all of the women on the team with her did for me. Oh, absolutely. That is historic indeed. And uh, how helpful was your mom during the audition process? She was very helpful, but also she was more nervous than me. I mean, the first year that I made the team was a little different because usually there's a final show, as you know. And so for me, I we had done it at the stadium and no one was allowed to come watch. Similar to this year, we didn't, it was closed to the public, but the, throughout the whole time, we waited a long time for the final team to be announced and so the whole time she's texting me she's texting me she's sending me gifts she's like nothing yet nothing really what's going on what's going on and finally when I made the team I wasn't on my phone of course so then when I had gotten back to my phone I had probably 15 texts no missed calls but by that time one of the other cheerleaders that was in the audience at the time an alumni she had my mom had texted her she's like I know you're there what happened and she said do you want her to tell you or do you want me to and so <laughs> she was able to tell her and so I mean it's awesome and it's great to have somebody to be there as your cheerleader who kind of knows how the process works I mean the process has has changed, but it's also stayed close to the same as over the years that they've done it. So my mom is the best person to kind of hype me up and get me through it. Even this year, it's a lot of pressure, no matter how many years you've been on the team. So she's the best cheerleader I could have. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, you definitely uh, have to work extra hard every single year to earn your spot back. There are definitely no guarantees, are there? No, not at all. Every year is a new year and there's always so much talent that comes to auditions, but it's so important that you just stay true to you and have confidence in yourself and just see what happens. Yep. And that is advice for all of us to take into each of our uh, job uh, endeavors in life. Sophia, thank you for that. And uh, just a few months ago, shortly after you re-auditioned successfully, you and some of your teammates went on a military tour that included stops in Portugal, Spain, and Italy. By the way, I went to Portugal and Spain a little while ago, and it was easily the best trip I personally ever took. Uh, just uh, interacting with the people, seeing all the sites, it was just uh, it was just amazing, and I'm sure it was for you as well. And I wanted to know, what were some of the major highlights from that uh, memorable adventure? Oh my gosh, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I mean, I was thrilled that I was able and given the opportunity to go out there and represent the Broncos organization. And I've always had a deep appreciation from our military, but this really just kind of took it to that next level, being able to see what their day-to-day -day lives are like on the bases, meet their families. I mean, we went out there and of course we performed, but we were able to really have deep conversations with them to really get to know them on more than just a surface level basis. And so for me, just the relationships and the conversations we have, we had are something that I'll take with me forever and just be able to remember. And being all the way across the world, it was amazing to see how many of them were either stationed in Colorado or came from Colorado. So even though we were so far, it still felt a little bit like home. Absolutely. Uh, Colorado is a very, very big state for our military operations. And we are grateful to them and to all of our military for the heroic sacrifices they make every single day, especially now with uh, what's uh, going on elsewhere in the world and how our military is helping uh, a certain other country that's uh, dealing with issues of its own. And we will actually get to that in uh, just uh, a little bit. And as we mentioned in the intro, your full-time job is teaching kindergarten, and uh, we are forever indebted to the service you provide our kids, Sophia. Uh, that's all there is to it. And what made you want to pursue a career in elementary education? So for as long as I can remember, I was lining up my toys. It's the most cliche story everybody says, I feel like, if they're a teacher. But I was lining up my toys, pretending to teach them things when I was younger. And my mom's a teacher, so really, I, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. I mean, pretty much following in her same path. But being in her classroom, I'd use all of her tools. I'd be pretending to teach kids while she'd be at meetings. And so for the longest time, I knew that I just wanted the responsibility of being a leader and a role model to my students and just provide opportunities for them to be the best they can be. Because for me, all of my teachers made such a big impact in my life and really helped shape me into the person I am. So I knew I always wanted to make that same kind of impact. And I tried everything to avoid teaching. I mean, when I went to school at CSU, I thought, okay, maybe I'll get a business degree and I'll go work in sales and I'll do this instead. Tried it, then just didn't stick. I knew kind of my heart was with our kids. So that's where I am. You have the song Family Tradition by Hank Williams Jr. playing in my head right now. It literally is a family tradition with you and your mom, not just with DBC, but with teaching as well. And uh, God bless the two of you for all that uh, she has done with our kids and all that you are continually doing with our kids. Uh, it's just you. a, you're welcome. It's just a wonderful thing indeed. And uh, we may talk football 99% of the time on this program, but 
I always try to put it in perspective compared to what's going on in the wider world. And as I'm sure you know, our world is increasingly becoming a darker and more brutal place by the day. From Vladimir Putin's ongoing invasion of Ukraine to the deepening political divides of the United States threatening, at the very least, perpetual sectarian violence, I am increasingly fearful about the future that the kids you teach will grow up in. What do you think is the most important responsibility of elementary school teachers during these times? Well, I don't think I can pick just one thing. And I mean, I look at this last year and look at COVID. And for me in my classroom, my goal was to create a consistent safe space for my students to have a place that they knew they were loved. They had an environment where they were comfortable in, they could interact with their friends and have opportunities to explore and discover. And for me, I teach kindergarten. So majority of the time I'm spending my day with five, sometimes six-year-olds. So they really are just getting started in their lives and their education career. So fortunately for that age level, I teach we're really focused on kindergarten things like reading, writing, math, and their social skills, really for the most part, just teaching them how to be in school, how to be a good friend. Um, so with that and with the environment that I create, they know like with whatever's going on outside in our world, I have an open environment for them to ask questions if they want. But for me, at the end of the day, they are five or six. And so really we're focused on who's getting in line first and who brought the spider into the classroom today and who stole somebody's snack. And so we don't really have a lot of opportunity to talk about that kind of stuff, but it really helps me bring, get everything into perspective and just see everything through their eyes. Oh, I don't blame you one bit. Uh, uh, it is exceptionally difficult to talk to kids that age about what's going on in the world today. And, uh, and you uh, fill in the space uh, beautifully by talking about these simple good things with your kids. And I think that's very important for uh, people like you to do during uh, this time. And just a curious follow-up question here. Mm -hmm. uh, in your time as a kindergarten teacher, have you ever worked with any special needs students? Absolutely. So we have our classrooms are very inclusive. We're integrated. And so throughout the year, we'll have students in our classroom that will either have one on one paras or they'll come in or they may not have any paras at all because I am in kindergarten, a lot of students come in maybe undiagnosed. And so we really get them and we kind of figure out what they might need or what we can put into place to support them more in class. But we are very integrated in our school. Yeah, I'm very happy to hear that. And just a personal thing, uh, I was uh, diagnosed on the autism spectrum when I was in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And thank God it was done at that time because it, it allowed the support system to be put in place right away and uh, allowed me to, in large part, be where I'm at uh, today. Absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. And I'm sure you're going to have several students with great stories like that in the future. No doubt about it. And back to the Broncos. Back we to are the just. Indeed. We can't talk enough about the Broncos on the show. We are just three weeks removed from another historic moment in Broncos history. On the evening of June 7th, it was announced that the Broncos would be sold to the ownership group led by Rob Walton, who is the heir to the Walmart fortune, and his son-in-law, Greg Penner, for a record $4.65 billion. But another key member of that group is Melody Hobson, who is the current president and CEO of uh, Aerial Investments, the vice chair of Starbucks, and a director for J.P. Morgan Chase. And if the sale is ratified, and it would be the ultimate shock if it is not ratified in the next couple of months by the rest of the NFL owners, Melody Hobson will become the first black female to be part of an NFL ownership group. 
What are your initial thoughts on the sale and these soon to be new Broncos owners? Yes. So for me being a lifetime, lifelong Broncos fan, of course, it's bittersweet. I mean, for all that I can remember, the Broncos have been associated with Mr. B and his family. And so we, of course, are so thankful for him and his family and all they did for our organization. I mean, the Broncos would not be what the Broncos are without him and his dedication to the city and to the team. And so we're so thankful for him, especially for what he did for the cheerleaders as well. So it's definitely been bittersweet, but with new opportunities, also new chapters, a new chapter is starting and it's exciting. And so we are excited to see what Rob Walton will do and when, when he'll come in and what he has in store for us. I mean, through the grapevine, we've heard that he plans, although he's a big coming from like a big corporation, he still plans to run it more like a family business, which brings a lot of comfort because I mean, of course the Bolins were a family. And so it's nice that although he is like, has a long resume, he still wants to keep it nice and homey for us. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that. And as I told uh, your teammate, Alexandria on our last episode, uh, I am hopeful that uh, Mr. Walton and Mr. Penner um, will uh, keep the organizational tradition of being very kind and supportive of the cheerleaders mm -hmm. uh, as well. And uh, that is another reason to be hopeful about that. And uh, what are your thoughts on Melody Hobson and the historic uh, significance she brings to the Broncos? Yes. So she is an accomplished woman with a great resume. And so she'll be a great addition to this organization. And for me, I mean, obviously completely different, but I got my master's in sports administration. And so I'm all for women in sports. And so I'm really excited for her to come into this organization and for our organization to be a part of this big historical moment in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. It's historic indeed. And this season is easily shaping up to be the most exciting season for the Broncos since 2015 when they won Super Bowl 50. And it's not because of the new ownership. There are two words that explain why, and those two words are Russell Wilson. Oh, How did you react when you oh, first heard the news that the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson? Well, I was sitting, let's just back it up. Throughout the whole offseason, I kept thinking, I mean, there were all these rumors swirling about, about who could come to get who could come to Denver? Maybe we'll draft somebody. Maybe we'll ride it out with Drew Locke. We'll see what's happening. And of course, I am a Broncos fan through and through. Whatever happened, I was going to trust and I was going to cheer them on no matter what. However, Russell Wilson was always my guy. I said, if I could get anybody, it would be Russell Wilson. And everybody said, no way, no way he's coming to Denver. There's, it's not happening. It's not happening. When I tell you, I got that notification on my phone. I was sitting in, we were actually planning for the next week at school. I was sitting with my two other teammates and the notification came through on my phone and I threw my phone, I threw my body on the floor and I just like gasped. And they had thought that something seriously wrong had happened. And they do, I mean, they like football, but my teammate always kids. She's like, I like football, but now that you're a Broncos cheerleader, I, I think I like it a little more. And so they, of course, were excited, but they, I just threw myself on the floor, said, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's coming to Denver. I couldn't even formulate words. So then I ran into my principal's office, who is a huge football fan. And I told him and he said, no way. And so he was able to kind of, go back and forth with me for a little bit. But for the rest of the day, I couldn't focus. I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I still can't believe it. I'm counting down the days until we can see him on the field. Oh, I am too. And uh, I feel you. I was kind of like that way all day as well. Like uh, I 
saw the tweet when it happened. And this was an hour after the expected news of Aaron Rodgers going back mm-hmm. to the Packers sit. And uh, I was like, uh, all right, uh, this uh, is what we expected. We're not going to get any of the big stars. Uh, and I kind of started accepting that fact that this is probably going to be a long, painful roster reconstruction and things like that. But when I saw that tweet, I was like, oh my God. And I felt like, screaming the loudest I've ever screamed in life, but I couldn't because I was at work and I had to keep it inside me for two hours. And uh, when I left work, uh, I recorded a video of myself screaming the second I walked out the door. I remember. Oh my God. Well, and the first thing, I mean, let's be complete. I I've told people on on a few promos already. I said, even if we win four games, which we're going to win more than four games. Even if we win more than four games, what he will do for our community and for Broncos country is going to be a win for us all. Because, I mean, he came to Denver and immediately was at Children's Hospital the next day. So just the impact that he will make, I'm really excited to see and I'm excited to be a part of it. Oh, definitely. And also, don't forget his amazing wife, Sierra. Maybe you guys will get to perform with her. They can't forget Sierra. Absolutely. she is unbelievable too you talk about i mean the legacy that they will leave in denver is going to be unbelievable and i'm so excited i am very very excited as well and uh you said we're definitely going to win more than four games but i'm just curious oh, yeah. how, how high just how high are your expectations for the broncos this season your teammate alexandria has very high expectations by the way if not the highest expectations i know i have say super bowl or bus we got to bring that Lombardi trophy back. I mean, we brought the Stanley cup back our call, our mammoth one, our indoor lacrosse team. I mean, it's time. We got to bring it back. It's our turn. I definitely feel similar vibes as well with the mammoth and the abs last night. I kind of feel that the Broncos are due for that fourth Lombardi either this year or in the next few years, Mm -hmm. but my mind is very analytical when it comes to football and that makes me a cynical SOB a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to double down on a promise I made to your teammate on the last episode. Um, whenever the Broncos win a game that I predicted them to lose, I will record a video of myself shotgunning a beer and I will post it to Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I mean, to solve that problem, you could just not pick the Broncos to lose. Uh, well, I kind of take pr- pleasure in being proven wrong by my favorite team, actually. <laughs> deal, deal. We'll take that challenge. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully I'll be shotgun one <laughs> all the time, in the words of one of our mutual favorite singers. And uh, so it's Super Bowl or bust indeed. We got two Super Bowl or bust predictions for the Broncos from the 2022 DBC here. And uh, I am along for the ride. 24 7 365 count on that and earlier this month you and your teammates already began practicing very hard i might add for the season just describe for us what a typical dbc practice is like from start to finish because y'all work equally as hard as the players do and i definitely hope uh, all fans are aware of that yeah so each practice sometimes looks a little different just depending on the week or depending on what we're supposed to be working on. But typically, especially during the season, most women are arriving from work or maybe they have the day off. And so they'll be either coming from somewhere else or coming from home. And so we'll show up usually pretty early to practice just to give us time to kind of get situated and review routines. But for me, I arrive probably like 
an hour, hour and a half early just to make sure I get there in time. I mean, Denver traffic can be a beast. So I always would rather be much earlier than running in at the last minute. So I always try to allow myself plenty of time to get to the stadium. And so we'll arrive, some girls will eat dinner and have a few snacks, and then we'll all kind of practice as a group. We'll practice whatever type of material we know is on the docket for that night. So we always will get a text message or an email from our captains or coaches before practice, knowing what we're supposed to work on for that night. So we'll arrive, we'll practice, we'll eat. And then once it's time to start, Shauna, Shelly, and Emily will all come in and give us a rundown of the night, maybe some housekeeping things, go over anything we have coming up. And then we'll head down to the studio and get warmed up by one of our captains. And then we'll get started for the night. So like I said, everything can always be kind of different for what we're preparing for. So whether it's one game or sometimes we have two home games back to back, we might have a little more material to prepare for. So it's always a little different, but regardless of what we're working on, it's consistently a hard practice, but it's worth it. Oh, it absolutely is. And uh, I noticed that on your social media accounts, the term athlete is listed under your ID. What makes being an NFL cheerleader athletic? Yeah. So, I mean, I always say if people are not really believing that we work as hard as we do, I say, well, why don't you come and try one of our practices? Because it is true. I mean, we are going consistently and people like to think, okay, in running, it's just a stagnant motion. It's just one loop of your running. The same muscles are being used and you're just going on a straight path while dancing. It's like you're running but you're moving your muscles in so many different directions. You might be kicking your leg all the way up. You might be turning around yourself using all sorts of different muscles that some people don't even know exist or have never used. And so for us, I mean, that's always a debate, but I always tell those people, why don't you give it a try? Give a dance class a try and see what you think. And then you might think we're more athletes. Oh, absolutely. I remember uh, hearing stories about how hard ballet was uh, for uh, my cousin when she did ballet it like mm -hmm. uh, was really taxing on the muscles and uh, and uh, cheerleading in the nfl no different folks take that to the bank and she is sophia second year denver broncos cheerleader veteran follow her on instagram and twitter at dbc underscore sophia and now sophia it's time to play a fun game you are the okay. fourth contestant for this fun game we debuted it with uh, my good friend Cody White here of the Chicago Bears and your teammates McKenna and Alexandria also played this game. This is called Country Music Superlatives. And I know you love country music just as much or even more than I do. So um, in this game, I mentioned a context and you mentioned the country music song that best fits that context and why. Starting with the best country music song that gets you fired up before a game. That's tough. It's tough to just pick one. And I think the one that I'm going to pick People could argue that it's not fully a country song, but because it's a little more poppy, but for me, it gets me hyped up and it's the song, it's called Little Bit by Nelly and Florida Georgia Line. It's a little collab that they did and it, it's great to get you pumped up before a game. Oh, that's a very, very interesting choice there. I should check that one out. Yeah. And uh, you all perform to Pitbull's Don't Stop the Party after every Broncos touchdown. And you'll be doing so a lot more than ever this year with Russell oh, Wilson yeah. now in town. That is a guarantee. But uh, if you had to pick a country music song to celebrate a Broncos touchdown to, what would that be? Only for the purpose of Russell Wilson. In this song, it says a lot. It says, let's ride. 
And it's song Get Ready by Blake Shelton and Pitbull. So another collaboration, but that is a good one to celebrate a touchdown. Oh, that is perfect. Talk about if you had to replace Don't Stop the Party with any song, Get Ready would be um would be so perfect. I know you gotta that. get ready to ride. Russell Wilson, he's ready, so we gotta be ready too. Definitely. Let's ride. There's the Broncos <laughs> theme with Russell Wilson now in town. And uh now this is interesting. Uh, in terms of the best song to celebrate a Broncos victory or a general victory, your favorite football team too. McKenna agreed with Cody Whitehair on Brooks and Dunn's Proud of the House We Built, and your teammate Alexandria and I agreed on Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker. Do you want to break the tie, or do you have one of your own? <laughs> hmm. Well, I do like Proud of the House We Built because I like the meaning behind it. But also, there's that um, the Tim McGraw song that says, I like it, I love it. And we love to win. So I think that we can say, I like it, I love it. By Tim McGraw because we love to win we like it but we love it even more now that is a perfect song to celebrate a win too I would definitely agree with that so we got a new one I like it I love it the Tim McGraw classic absolutely perfect and you obviously know what I'm wearing on my hat we were both at his concert at Empower Field just a month or so ago and we are both stands of this guy Luke Combs, mm -hmm. and you performed to one of my absolute favorite Luke Combs songs last year, One Too Many, but if you had to pick a Luke Combs song that you haven't performed to yet that would make a great quarter break routine, what would that be? Well, I will say that Emily and Shelly are always great at finding songs and maybe fixing them up a little bit, speeding them up a little bit, or adding a few things. They may find a good remix. I don't know. So they always find really good country songs that you'll listen to the original one and you think, oh my gosh, how'd they make it sound like this? So this one is When It Rains, It Pours. I think that one's a good one. One of my favorites. Not only is that one of my favorites, that song was playing in my head the whole day after the Broncos got Russell Wilson because the lyrics describe the reversal of fortune, describes uh, him uh, breaking up uh, with a, a girlfriend of his mm -hmm. and then going on a, a streak of endless luck, uh, winning 100 bucks on a scratch-off ticket, bought two 12-packs and a take a gas with it, and I was calling number five on a radio station, won a four-day, three-night beach vacation. <laughs> yeah, and, and hearing the Russell news just an hour after that Aaron Rodgers news, it was like the lyrics came to life absolutely yeah totally and hopefully the as i told mckenna hopefully the momentum of the lyrics of that song carries over to the broncos this season fingers yes, crossed, so much. Fingers crossed. and uh, when it rains it pours was definitely on my short list of uh luke Combs songs for a quarter break routine it, it has a perfect beat y'all would nail it no yeah, it doubt does. about it and uh if there was any other singer in country music that I would be a stand of equally as I am with Luke Combs, it is Darius Rucker. Oh, and yeah. his, his music is kind of interesting because I couldn't really envision a quarterback routine, any of those songs, but there's several of those songs that I think could make a great sideline vamp at the very least. So yeah. what do you think the best Darius Rucker song to perform any type of on-field routine to is, whether that be a sideline vamp or even a quarterback? I've always loved Homegrown Honey, maybe. That could, but like you said, it's, it was, it's hard to pick just one because his song technically some, most of the time is more slower paced, but I'm sure we could figure it out. 
You hear that sound? That is our simpatico alert. And I understand simpatico doesn't mean we agree in Spanish. It means nice. But that is what my partner, Hal Bent, and I use whenever we agree. And you, your team in Alexandria, and I agree that Homegrown Honey is the perfect on-field routine song by Darius Rucker for you guys to play with. It is just perfect for all of you. It, it is. It, it, it talks about... Uh, Cowboy boots. It uh, talks about the, the way that you move, shake it down to your roots. Exactly. It's perfect. All of you guys to AT, especially uh, some of your teammates that I have in mind that are from that part of the country. But uh, yeah. but, but but the Co Colorado natives uh, wear boots too. So fits all of you. So it homegrown, does. honey, it is. Sympatico alert was sounded. Mission accomplished. And, uh, and this is... Uh, the most uh, challenging uh, segment of uh, country music superlatives. Pick the song in country music that best describes the person you are. Maybe I would say Stars in the City by Old Dominion. And that one talks about perspective. And I always try to live my life with a has, glass half full mentality instead of glass half empty. And that's kind of what that song is about. Oh, thank you very much. I've never heard of that song, but I'll definitely check it out later today, Sophia. And uh, let's conclude our country music superlatives with a new addition to this game, a bonus this or that. And one of my favorite country music bands of all time is Brooks and Dunn. And it is fitting that both Luke Combs and Darius Rugger have worked with them uh, in uh, various capacities. And a couple years ago, I remember uh, the DBC uh, did a quarterback routine to play something country, one of their biggest hits. And there are several Brooks and Dunn hits that I could see you performing to this year. But if I could pick two, it would be these two. Honky Tonk Stop that they recorded with Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top or Boot Scootin' Boogie. Which of those songs, if you had to pick one of them, would you prefer you guys perform a quarter break routine to this year? I'd say Boot Scootin' Buggy. It's yeah, fitting because we've got our boots. It's got a good beat to it. That would be fun. Yeah, and it's got a lot of Western themes. Heel, toe, don't see, do Come on now, yeah. let's go, Boot Scootin'. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Forgive my bad voice there, Sophia. No, you're awesome. <laughs> so are you, Sophia. It's been absolutely awesome having you with us today, Sophia. Um, and I definitely hope uh, that uh, you, uh, McKenna, Alexandria, and all the rest of your teammates we're going to have on this series uh, definitely change people's perspective as to who you guys really are, not just on the field, but off the field as human beings. And that takes us to our final question of the program. This is a very special season, not just for the Broncos, but for the DBC as well, because it marks the 30th anniversary of the establishment of the current Denver Broncos cheerleaders. And as uh, Alexandria said on the previous episode of this series, what makes this team so special is that it exists as a true sisterhood that connects the 26 current members to all the women that have ever worn those chaps. And given that you're part of the first ever mother-daughter duo in this sisterhood, you've lived this special bond for a large chunk of your life. And by the way, I cannot thank you your teammates and the women I know that came before you enough for sharing a small but significant part of that bond with me because it has really shifted the paradigm in my life. And that is not hyperbole. It's truly meant the world to me and, and it continues to mean the world to me each and every day. Endless gratitude for you, Sophia. And uh, so my question is, what are the qualities that set the Denver Broncos cheerleaders apart from all other pro sports cheer and dance teams? Well, I think... 
I mean, this team, it's just an honor to be a part of it, but we're so fortunate to have such a supportive organization. And with that, they trust us to be in the community consistently. So we're only on the field seven to eight times a year. And so a majority of our work is done in the community. And so with Broncos off field or with our junior cheer program, I mean, we're always working hard, even if it's not on game day. And this year, especially, I think I love how we are able to connect with our youngest of fans. And this year, our JDBC program has over 600 boys and girls, as well as a dare to cheer program, which is dancers with special needs. And so it's amazing to be a part of something that is so inclusive and just brings in those youngest of Broncos fans. And so just kind of like Alexandria says, being able to connect with the whole legacy is just awesome because you always know that you have those strong women who have your back and can bond with you on your experiences with this team and where you've been and where it takes you. And with that, it's more than just being a part of a team with beautiful and smart women. I mean, they're all of those things, but it, we all have so much more to offer and it's shown in all of the work that we do throughout this season and continue to do. I mean, you look at alumni that still give back and still help out and still have so much that they do with their lives, even outside of Broncos. Amen to everything you said there, Sophia. And she is Sophia, second year Denver Broncos cheerleader veteran. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter at DBC underscore Sophia. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us here today. And that's it for now here on Sports Crunch. But our Beyond the Chap series continues very soon as Sophia's inspiring teammate Shannon and hopefully more of the 2022 Denver Broncos cheerleaders will be on this program, so stay tuned. Also, an extra special thank you to the amazing director of the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, the boss, the GOAT herself, Shauna Peters, for allowing us to have Sophia and some of her inspiring teammates on this podcast. In addition, be sure to follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 and on Instagram and now TikTok at SportsCrunch with DCROM. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. On behalf of Sophia and myself, thank you so much for tuning in. And whatever you're doing, please choose love. Please choose kindness. Please choose compassion. Please choose selflessness. Please choose empathy and all the qualities that make the Denver Broncos cheerleaders so exceptional. And also, please keep the folks in Buffalo, Uvalde, Texas, and the brave, inspiring people of Ukraine in your thoughts, prayers, and whatever actions possible. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.